Welcome home. It's so good to see you all. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, this week, you know, I mean, every time we get together, um, and summer's a little funny because we don't know, you know, who's going to be at the table, but it's just like a family reunion. You know, it's, it's, it's so good to be with you. Um, Matt has been working hard uh, this week with Ryan, and uh, I, I, I don't know how this is going. I'm going to find out in a minute. But trying to hook up with uh, uh, the people we love who are in Costa Rica. We have uh, some of our leaders, uh, a lot of our youth are out there on a mission trip, and to hook up with them through Skype so that you can, you can see them and hear from them live. Uh, we can find out uh, how that's going. Uh, let's find out. How's that going? They're not online. Okay. Well, uh, if it works out, let me tell you, they have been ministering to, uh, this is a, an area that, that Bistro is very familiar with. Uh, they are uh, doing, okay, something's happening. So if they pop in, I'll throw it to them. But they have been ministering to the homeless. Uh, they have been ministering to uh, the prostitutes. They have been just sharing Jesus' love in, in practical ways and sharing the gospel and letting people who have uh, every, every earthly reason to think that they've been left out of God's plan and God's blessing and God's love that, that they're wrong, that he's very near, that he loves them, that he gave his life for their life. Uh, and they're being transformed as they see God working through them. So uh, they're also working with Surfers for Christ, uh, ministering to the, the surfing community. Um, are we, do we hear you? Are you there? Um, while they were gone, uh, Bryce Johnston um, has a flair for the dramatic. And uh, had, uh, he's there with them. He had appendicitis uh, and had his uh, appendix removed in Costa Rica. Uh, sucked through a straw. I could be wrong, but kind of thing. And a lot of prayer, and, and we want you to continue to pray for them and for Pam, who was like a rock, you know, just, just solid, uh, believing that God had it all in control. He does, and he did, and they're going to be fine. Yes? Hello? Hello? Is that hey. Ryan? Buenos dias de Costa Rica. Yeah! We love you guys. Real quick, because we don't know how long this is going to last. Tell us what God's been doing there. What's God been doing there, guys? Tell us about it. God's been changing my perspective for the way we live and the way that people live here and their poverty and everything else. Next. On Monday, we went to a nearby school and we really helped out around there by like painting and doing other things that they needed us to do. Awesome. Thank you, Dory. Next. On Tuesday, we went to a homeless place and fed them breakfast. And then later we went and played with the kids in the streets and Allie and I got to pray for a prostitute. All right. On Wednesday, we went to a church and we attacked the jungle behind with machetes and picked up trash in the muck. Yeah. Right on. And on Thursday, we went to a rehab, which was like a recovering prostitutes place to help prostitutes get out of being prostitutes. And in the afternoon, we went and played sports with the kids at a local high school. And on right. Friday, we went 
back to the homeless shelter and served more homeless people. And then in the afternoon, we did more ministry with the kids in like downtown San Jose. And yesterday was debrief day. We hung out at the beach. And today, we will see Bryce. Oh. Bryce, can you do a lighter? I, uh, <laughs> can we see a no, star? But Wednesday night, Ryan kind of saved my life because he had his appendix out earlier, and he, I showed him where it hurt, and he said, yeah, that's probably not good. So me and him got to spend some quality time in a pretty nice hospital for a few days. But I'm okay, so... Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Let's pray for you guys. Um, and uh, Good. before we, we, we hang up on you uh, or lose signal or whatever happened there for a minute. But uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Let me pray for you guys real quick, okay? Yeah, bow your heads. <laughs> <laughs> Father God, uh, we just thank you so much for uh, all these young people and their willingness to serve and their willingness to go out and uh, speak the gospel and live out the gospel in ways that uh, a lot of us just never have. So we, we're thankful for their example. And God, uh, we just ask that um, you give them a good couple of days of rest down in Hako at the beach and that you will refill them and that they will come back just ready to serve even more when they get back here. And so God, um, watch over them. Keep the rest of Bryce's body parts okay and uh, bring them back to us safe. We love you, God. We're just so thankful for them. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. They're gone. We lost okay. right there. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. A um, couple of housekeeping things before we dive in. Uh, VBS is a community. We love those people there. They do a great job with VBS. So we want to support them. And if you have kids that would be uh, interested, that starts tomorrow. Uh, there's information here. Um, but we want to draw your attention to that. Also, Bethany Belugas, take the field on Tuesday at 7.45. Yeah, yeah. There now is a, uh, a, Matt set it up on the giving kiosk. You can now select softball. So we do need help. If, uh, if you have a shirt from last year, like five bucks to help with registration and umpires, we like to pay them off. Um, if you're getting a shirt for the first time, that's about 15 bucks. It's just not a budgeted thing. So um, if you want to take care of yourself or somebody else you think might be playing with you who's lame and won't do it, uh, just swipe that and help us out. Uh, we'll have a great time. As it turns out, it was not a sellout. It's blacked out in the Gunnison TV market, so you have to come out there and see it live if you want to see it. So 7.45, uh, if you're playing, 7.15, so we can get the assignments going. Great. Um, so glad you're here. So glad you're here. God has a lot for us this morning, uh, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, we want to uh, do this. We do this from time to time. It's bring up our purpose statement, our calling as a church, as people called together, and we say it together. So I ask you to sit up straight, clear your throats, and say it like you mean it. We are to be a growing, relevant family of missionaries who desire to see Western and Gunnison know Jesus Christ. We want to see them, we want to see them know who? Jesus. Who? Jesus, right? He's the deal. It's not about them thinking Bethany is a cool church. It's not about them knowing uh, anything else, anybody else. Nobody's taking credit for this. The best thing they can know is Jesus Christ. That's who we point to. That's who we sing about. That's who we live for. That's who we reflect back to. 
It all goes back to him. That's what we're about. At collectively and individually. That's what it's about. So, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, that ties into what we're, what we're going to do this morning. Uh, Ryan Wright has been uh, working this week to pull up some images, some of which you'll be familiar with. If you're a sports fan, you'll see this. Pointing up to heaven. Yeah. Basketball, baseball, football. Pointing back. Point, he's doing something else, too. I don't know. He's pointing back, though. Pointing back, giving glory. I want these images in your head. Okay, we're going to unpack a little bit of what this is about and a little bit of what it's not and it's, uh, uh, how, important, how important it is. Uh, Acts 12, Acts 12, that's where you want to be. We're going to be finishing up the cha- chapter. We're going to pick it up in, in verse 20. While you turn there, uh, real quickly, I want to tell you a story. Um, back when Sheree and I were in our 20s, uh, we used to go canoeing. Yeah, they had water back then. And uh, Tommy was about five. We lived outside of New Orleans, and we would go to the Okatoma River in Mississippi, and we would enjoy canoeing there. Um, it, it's just very picturesque. And one time, Tommy's about five, we took him with us. It was like a church outing, so we're going with a bunch of our buddies from the church. Um, and w- you hit a couple of rapids, you know, little drops. Uh, about half dozen or so. So we've been in the water about half dozen or so times. You know what I'm saying? We call this spontaneous swimming, right? Right. And and so it's about time for our lunch break. So we're pulling up on this kind of uh, takeout place where there's a little ledge. Uh, and as we're doing so, Shree gets out and and Tommy's getting out of the boat. And as he was doing so, he kind of scraped his his foot on the side of the boat. And one of his overpriced um, uh, it's like water shoes that we had just gotten this morning because like he called him his big boy water shoe. It fell off and he's like shattered because this was like the biggest thing in his life to have these blue water shoes. He had to show everybody, even the lady at the toll booth on the way, his big boy water shoes. She was very impressed, but we still had to pay. So here we are. We're taking him out. He's very upset. They don't, they don't float. You, you wouldn't think, right? Water shoe, make it float? No. It plummets like a rock. So uh, we're getting out, we're getting out of the boat, and, and, and it's gone because there's a ledge, which is shallow, but right after that, it like drops off to the center of the earth. It's deeper than any pool I've ever been in. So everybody's gathered around because my son is crying, and he's, got, he's like, you know, and everybody's saying, well, it's gone, Tommy, and it's okay. And, and like, here I am, you know, trying to have like the dad superpowers, right? So I'm going in. So with a dive, there's a no, don't, don't do it. Yeah, I'm doing it. With a dive that's usually reserved for like the Olympics. I, I am in and I'm down and I'm trying to look and it's muddy and it's salty. It's like using Tabasco eye drops. I tell you, you can't see anything. And I'm in pain and I'm coming down and I'm nothing, right? And I come up, and they're all around now, and they, oh, please get out. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's just a shoe. And I'm like, that only fuels me. And I'm thinking, this is really good. So I'm going down again. The feet come up, and I'm, I kid you not, I'm like scaling the wall, and my hand brushes up against something rubber. Can it be? It's his shoe. I know, because I held him before I wrote the check. I knew. I knew what they felt like. And I'm thinking to myself, while I'm under the water, if I play this right, it could really look well for me. You know what I'm saying? 
So here's what I do. I have the shoe in my left hand. I keep it down. I'm just coming up to here. And I go up. It's so dark under there. It's so muddy. I don't know. And they're all, come out for the love of all that's holy. Come out of the water. I said, no, I have to do. All the time I got the shoe right here. And they can't see it. So I'm going down. One more time. One more time. And I go down. Biggest breath I've ever taken. And I go all the way to the bottom. And I hold it until like my lungs are going to explode. Right? All the time. Like I know. They're wondering if I'm downriver and they're going to find me. I put it in my right hand. I jet off the bottom. The thing that breaks the water first is the shoe. Can you picture it? In my right fist. And as the water drains from my ears, I hear the cries and the cheers and the accolades of the people. Oh, oh, he got the shoe. Tommy's jumping up and down, right? Big moment for me. As I hand it over to him and I crawl out. And and then he says it. You know, my five-year-old. Dad, ever since you went down, I was praying that Jesus would show you where my shoe was. It's a small thing, right? No. No, it's not. I let him believe he had a super dad rather than helping him know that he has a super God. Um, I kind of came clean with him that night about what I'd done. He still loves me and still thinks I'm the strongest man in the world, but... I put the focus where it did not belong. Okay, granted, that's like 16 years ago. And I got examples in my life of that from this week. But that's the one you get this morning. So um, that's what we're talking about today. We'll be looking at uh, one of Jesus' severe, serious as a heart attack warnings to us. Um, Whenever we come across a warning in Scripture, here's what it's about. It is not about Jesus trying to see where joy lives, where there's beauty and joy and blessing, and to try to keep us from that. It's exactly the opposite. He is trying to lead us into it. He's trying to show us where the landmines are and lead us into life and blessing and joy and away from destruction and death which sometimes can have a really good veneer on it. It can look like life. And when he warns us, uh, he's trying to lead us into life and away from. And what we're talking about um, is the awful sin of stealing God's glory. Um, And here, I would not be going out on a limb to say that there is not a person in this place, under this roof, me included, who is not guilty of this. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about like one time 15, 16 years ago. Not in my life and not in yours. I'm talking about the way that we live, the way our hearts are, um, the way that we go through life, why we do what we do, why we say what we say, why we hang out with and associate with the people we hang out with and associate with, um, w- the way we do our work, the totality of our life. This is huge. This is huge for all of us. Um, So uh, as we read the scripture, we're going to study a passage of scripture as we do every morning when we're here. Um, And and, and some of you read the Bible on your own, okay? 
I, I know it sounds crazy to others of you, but go with me on this. Some of you have quiet times and you read the Bible and I want you to encourage not only to read the Bible, but let the, let the word of God read you because it not only reveals the heart and the character and the nature of Jesus Christ, it reveals the heart and the character and nature of our own hearts. And we say, when we see him for who he truly is, and we see ourselves for who we truly are, then it points the way back. It points the way home to him. Um, so we're going to pray, and then we're going to read, um, and, and we're going we're gonna to grow and be transformed. Let's pray. Lord, this is so far above me, um, uh, but it's not above you. Lord, uh, I'm going to unpack... Uh, f- something that I wrestle with, something that threatens my life um, and my joy and your glory. So, Lord, it, it needs to be all about you. It always does. Um, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I wish it wasn't so great. Um, Lord, that you would read us, that your word would cut through uh, to the deepest parts of who we are, not to leave us there, but to call us home to true life and true blessing and true joy um, into your arms. Lord, we need to be and want to be changed. We ask that you be glorified now and forever in Jesus' name. Okay, um, twelve verse uh, chapter 12 of Acts. We've been there. If you've been with us over the past couple of weeks, we've spent a lot of time here. We've been here for a month. Uh, we are moving on to chapter 13 next week. But here's a little bit of background for you. Uh, if you've been with us, you know that Herod, King Herod, has been a very busy boy. He's been a very bad boy. Um, what he's done is he's very opposed to Jesus. He's very opposed to Jesus' followers. What he's doing is he's attacking the church. He's laying hands, the Bible says, on those who are of the faith in the church. What he's done is he has slaughtered James, the apostle James. He's killed him with the sword. He's gone on to uh, arrest Peter. He's going to, he intends to bring him out before the people and, and kill him as well, but he waits because it's Passover and he's pretending to be religious, okay? But uh, Jesus steps in with Peter and sends an angel to miraculously rescue him. Jesus shows up, shows off, proves that Herod is limited in his power. Jesus is greater, steals his prized possession, his prized prisoner right from under his nose, embarrasses him, essentially politically depances uh, Herod as he goes and, and shows himself mighty and glorious, Okay, now, as that happens, Herod is going to try to one-up Jesus. Bad choice, bad choice. We're gonna see what happens. Uh, In this process, we're gonna see a warning for us. I'd ask you to keep your eyes peeled for it. As we pick it up, we're gonna read through from 20 uh, to the end of the chapter. Here we go. Now, Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, two cities, They came to him with one accord, having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. Verse 22, and the people were shouting, the voice of God and not of a man. After he spoke, they chanted this, the voice of God and not of a man. Immediately, 
Verse 23 says, an angel of the Lord struck him, struck Herod down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem and where they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose uh, other name was Mark. That's, that's what we're looking at. There's a lot here. There's a lot here we could unpack. We're not going to dissect every portion of this, but take a look at the hair-raising warning. Did you see it? Did you see it? It was right there. If you're reading this passage of Scripture casually, um, in your quiet time, it's easy to blaze right through what this is about and what this has to do with our lives. And you might say, no, no, I got it. I got it. Jesus snuffs out Herod because Herod is a scumbag. Yeah, I get it. I, I give you an amen and pass the marshmallow-coated sweet potatoes on that one. Amen. Herod was a scumbag. That's not it, though. That's not it, though. Here's the thing. If you look at that, don't get me wrong. I'm not crying any tears that, that Herod's gone. But Herod killed James, and that's not why Jesus killed him. Herod imprisoned Peter and planned to kill him, and that's not why Jesus killed Herod. Why does Jesus end Herod's life so drastically? Why? Verse 23, look at it. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down. Why? Because he did not give God the glory. Of all the things that Herod did, before we make ourselves better and take ourselves out of this passage, say, I never skewered an apostle. I never wrongfully imprisoned anybody preparing to kill them. I'm off the hook. Herod was slaughtered because he did not give God the glory. He stole God's glory. That's what he did. That's the worst of what he did. For a, for a chance to take a look, let's burrow down in the heart of Herod, find out a little bit about what motivates him. What might motivate us? Okay, beginning of the chapter, we're going to go back, 12.1. Real quickly, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. You know that. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews. That's key. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread, when he had seized him, put him in prison, delivering over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. What's going on here? When he saw that it pleased the Jews, do you think Herod gives a lick of care about Passover and the feast of unleavened bread? No, he doesn't. He doesn't, but he knows that the people he's trying to impress do. So he's, he's not wanting to offend them. He will do whatever the Jews applaud. Whatever they like, whatever they approve of, he's going to do it. Why? Because he wants a response from them. He wants to be politically popular. He wants their praise. He wants their glory. He wants them to look up to him. He, wants to, he will do whatever it takes to get the expected response of popularity and assurance and acceptance from the people he wants to impress. Doesn't just sound like first century politics 
anymore, does it? Starts to sound a lot like high school and college. I'm not kidding. Whatever the people who we're trying to impress want, we'll do. So that they will look at us and think about us in the desired way. It's no different. It's no different. That's what he's looking at. That's what he's looking at. What happens in verse 23? Keep it up there. If you could. Good. He did not give the glory. He was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Do you get that? He was eaten alive. Eaten by worms. That's just wrong. That's gross. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen this. And you can see this too. If you ever stay up till 2 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, you have Dish Network. You only have like four choices of what to watch. Right? First is, I didn't know I was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? The other is the magic bullet. And how often can you watch that? Then you get the knife show where you can buy like home shopping. 75 Rambo knives for 125 bucks. I have so almost done that so many times. Just the grace of God keeps me. And parasite killers. Eaten by worms. This is not the way you want to go. He was eaten alive from the inside out. Right? Something inside him. If you want to do some extra study, Flavius Josephus, a a, a historian outside the church who writes about, he lived and writes about the first century, right? Affirms this. He was wearing silver mail and he came out and in the morning sun he was shining and as they praised him, he did nothing to rebuke them. He just soaked it all up and, and, and an angel of the Lord struck him. And he had to be carried to his palace, the historian says, and he died soon after because of an acute pain in his abdomen. It was worms, you know? So here we are. Let's look at glory. Let's look at why it's so important to God. Three statements here. One, all glory starts with God. Got that? All glory starts with God. Number two, all glory belongs to God. Number three, very important, all glory needs to be reflected back to God. Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures here. Psalm 19, we see this very clearly. Oh, uh, we're not going to do that first. We're going to do Psalm 24. Sorry, Ryan. Psalm 24, lift up your heads, lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. Lord God, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Spirit, he is the king of glory, amen. He is all about glory. He will not share it. Let's look in Isaiah. Let's look in Isaiah. Isaiah uh, 42, eight. He's not sharing. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to who? No other, no other, nor my praise to carved idols. He's talking about people or things. I won't give my glory to people. I won't give my glory to things. It's me. It's about me. It's my name, my glory. That's what I'm talking about. What does that mean for us? It means all glory starts with God. All glory belongs to God. All glory needs to return to God. Glory, I want you to think about it this way, has a round-trip ticket. Okay? It starts to God. It needs to go back to God. Uh, I was looking for an illustration on this, and, and I'm thinking about this. So I'm going to use lightning, but it falls, it falls short. But, but go with me on this, okay? If lightning comes, right, and, and you're dumb enough to be like standing on a hill in a lightning storm holding a pole or, or something, you get struck. It's, it's a lot like golf, right? right? Okay, you get struck by lightning. Now, 
If you're grounded, if you're grounded, the lightning comes into you, passes through you, right? You might live, right? You might live because you're grounded. It goes, it doesn't stay within you. You might live with hair that looks like Ryan McBride, but you're going to live, right? Yeah, he's in Costa Rica, so I can say that about him. Um, If you're not grounded... If you're not grounded and lightning hits you, the lightning stays in you and eats you. It fries you from the inside out. You're gone. You're gone because your body was not made to contain lightning as an end point. Your body was also not created to contain God's glory as an end point. It needs to make its round trip back to God as he displays his wonderful glory. And he's done it in each of you in different, diverse, wonderful ways. If it doesn't make its way back to him, it eats us from the inside. We get, we get eaten alive. That's what I want us to see. That's what I want us to see. The Westminster Catechism rightly says this. Get this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The reason we're here, the reason men and women exist is to glorify who? God, and enjoy him forever. That is the greatest joy. That is the greatest life. That it's not in holding the glory for ourselves. It will eat you alive. The Westminster Catechism says that. It's right. That's what we want for ourselves. That's what we want for the church. That's what we want for the city. That's what we want for the college. It's that all of us might glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, Ryan Wright took a beautiful picture. It's going to lead into a scripture I want us to spend just a little bit of time with. We can learn from the, we live in a gorgeous place. People say this is God's country, right? Because of the beauty. He took a picture. I want you to see. Can you bring bring that up? He took this last night, okay? As you look at this, I want you to listen to the words of Psalm 19, right in the beginning. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens, they're speaking. Do you hear it? They're talking about how great God is. They're talking about that. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day, it pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech. There are, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth. This is the rotation of the earth and, and, and the skies above Gunnison. Yeah, that's a pretty beautiful mistake, isn't it? No. They're singing. They're preaching. They're proclaiming the God who set them in place, who named them all. Creation gets it right. The mountains, the rocks, the rivers, the trees, the skies, get it right. What they're doing, all the glory that God has, has, has put into his creation is pointing back, is pointing back and saying, look at our creator, look at our savior, look at our Jesus, look at our redeemer. It's about him, it's about him, it's about him. Creation gets it right. We often get it wrong. How does this play out in Gunnison? How does this play out in Gunnison? Often it plays out this way. We live in a place of incredible beauty. We appreciate that beauty. And we say, look how great the rivers are. Look how great the lake is. Look how grand the mountains are. Look how beautiful the trees are. Look at the night sky. Isn't it wonderful to be here? And 
And what do we do? We stop the flow of glory. We don't let it take its round trip. They're telling us, the heavens are proclaiming, the trees, the, the mountains, the, the, the lake, the river. They're saying, look at God. Look at Jesus. We're saying, look at you. Look at you. It's all about you, and I'm so glad to be here. And we short-circuit God's glory. We don't even let creation do what it's designed to do. When we keep glory from reflecting back to God, get this, get this, get this. You fight against the directional flow of glory of all the universe. It's not just the choice of who I'm going to shine the spotlight on. It's a choice of opposing the way that God has designed all of creation to do to point back to him in praise and glory. It's like the best thing, when Shri cooks jambalaya, it is so good. It is a life-changing experience. You come on over, I'll call you when she does it. But when she does that, I don't embrace the pot and kiss the pot. I don't like caress the, the food itself. I don't do that. I don't do that as good as it is. You go to the source, right? I, I go and I hug my wife and I kiss my wife. And, I, and even beyond that, right? I, I give it back to its source. That's the key. I am so grateful to God that he has given me you to show me how much he loves me, how good he is. He has given me a, a woman with these kind of gifts that, that can glorify him. You know, I just, it's not enough to, to appreciate the fine blend of sausage and, and chicken and rice and spices, which I can't disclose all of them because then everybody makes um, It's not enough to trace it back to my wife. It's only complete when we take it back to its source and say, how good is God? How good is God to give a wrecked man like me, a beautiful woman like that, who does these things that continually point back to him. We have to take everything in our lives, everything in our lives to do that. Glory theft is a big deal to God. First Corinthians, I want you to take a look at this real quick because it's talking about you, it's talking about me. First Corinthians, we're going to um, pick it up in the first chapter uh, in the 26th verse. Now Paul is writing to Corinthian church. They're kind of full of themselves, okay? They think they're all that. Here's what he says to them. For consider your calling, brothers. Consider God calling you, my brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? You and me. Not, not many of us were, were all that. He didn't pick out, oh, this person could really advance my kingdom. I need them. No. In all the knowledge of our limitation and brokenness, he chose us. So why? So why, 29? So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. I love the King James here. It says, so that no flesh would glory in its presence. Do you get it? Do you get it? One day Jesus is coming back. Every eye will see him. Do you get, do you get this? Every eye on earth, how big is this going to be? 
Can you picture us going in the midst of that? Hey, look at me. Look at me. No. It's no more foolish for us to do this now than to do it then so that no flesh may glory in his presence. And because of him, you are in Christ who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption so that it's written, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. It's all about him. It's all about him. He is the wisdom. He is the power. He is the glory. He is the creator. He is the redeemer. It's about him in the beginning, in the middle, in the end. It's about him. We're to point to him. We're to glory in him. All that you do, all that you've been blessed with is so that you can point back to him and the world will see him and think much of him. We're going to look at that. It's all mercy. It's to be the focus of our life, our driving desire, not to make a name for ourselves, but to make a name for Jesus Christ. Does that mean everybody has to go into church work? No, but it means everybody has a full-time ministry. If you're great at sports, it's about him. If you're great at cooking, it's about him. If you're great at design, it's about him. If you're great at building things and crafting things and carving things, it's about him. Every house we build, every plan we make, every tax we prepare, every, every everything, it's about him. It's about him. Often we pray here, God work in such a way that it's so miraculous, so glorious, that no one could ever take credit for it. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So how do we keep... How, what are the takeaways here? How do we keep from being like Herod and stealing God's glory? First, I want to talk um, to parents. If, you're, if you still have kids at home, particularly young kids, you have to watch the self-esteem movement. You just have to be very careful about that. Um, it's natural. It, it seems natural for us to pump up our kids. You are beautiful. You are this. You are the, you are the end of, 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 of all ends. You are, you are what mommy and daddy... Yeah. Just build them up. Do you, do you know what a kid like that is like? Have you ever sat with them at a restaurant? Have the, the, the child who can do no wrong? They're monsters. You know who they are. The parents don't. They don't even notice. Everything they do is cute. Now, building your kid up is, 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 is very important. But here's the difference. You know, when your kid in T-ball, you know, hits the ball finally instead of hitting the tee, right? And, and he makes it safe and he comes back. And he, you are the best. You are the best. If you put your mind to anything, you can achieve it. It sounds right to us, doesn't it? But that's incomplete. That's not right. That's a far cry from I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I mean, think about it. If you take your kid and you point it back to its source, you point everything back to the source, you know what? God has blessed you with an ability to sing, to play, to, to run, to create, to paint. It's wonderful what he's poured into you. And it's wonderful when you, can, when you can sing and do and play and be and accomplish so that people will see that. And you know where it comes from. And they can know where it comes from. And he gets the applause. And he gets, okay, now when we get older... When we get older, here's the, here's the trap. Here's the trap. Our spouses. Our spouses do, God uses them in a, in a big way, in a big way. So the super spiritual spouse is not going to build up the, the other one because they don't want to give him or her the, um, 
the trap of holding the glory for themselves. But it's what we do with it as recipients, right? And so the super spiritual one says, I'm not going to give encouragement. I'm not going to build up, which the Bible says we are to do. Every Christian is to build the other ones up, encourage them. And you know what happens then? That dies. That dies. That, that fundamental need for encouragement in the Lord dies. And something inside people dies. What we need to do is know the difference between encouraging and building somebody up in the Lord and do that fervently and the difference between glorifying and not letting it take the round trip. Okay? Build each other up. Know the difference. Know the difference. Okay. Everything we say, we do, the house we live in, the car we drive, our morals, our dress, the people we talk to, don't talk to in the hall, invite over, and don't invite over. If they are determined by the way we want people to think about us, that becomes an idol, and you're receiving the glory. That's a different, difficult thing. What about in church? What about in church? The reason I want to be an elder, the reason I want to teach, the reason I want to um, be an usher, the reason I want to volunteer. The, if it's so that people can think that you're spiritual and look up to you, stealing glory. If it's so that you can humble yourself so that you might lift up God, where you sing or play or teach or babysit or you name it, God is glorified. It's a heart condition. And in the church, it is so subtle. We want this kingdom to advance, not because we want people to think Bethany is a great place to be, but because the God who is present here in his people, in his word, in the worship is great. God is great. Not me, not the music, we do the excellence. We try to do everything with excellence because he's worthy of that. Not that so you will look at us. We want to live life that, that draws applause and fame and celebrity for him. And when we don't, we're no different than scumbag Herod. Even though we never killed an apostle, even though we never wrongfully imprisoned anybody, it's about glory. And oftentimes, it's invisible. And if those athletes, when they hit the home run, when they hit the three-pointer, when they score the touchdown, are pointing to heaven because they want people to know that everything they have, everything they are, is because of the grace and mercy of God. And he's the one who deserves the applause. He's the one that deserves the credit. Then they're glorifying God. But the same man, the same woman, can point up because they want you to know that they're religious. And often the only person who will know is God. Often the only person who will know. So it's subtle, but it's very important. So we need, um, we need a heart check. I love Francis Chan. Um, check out his book, um, Crazy Love. He does a great example about eternity being a movie in which you're an extra. And how silly it would be to rent a big Denver theater and, and say, I got a movie that I'm in, it's about me, and it's the, the, all of eternity, right? Which, all of our lives, which we share with hundreds of millions of people right now. And, and we're the, like, in the credits it would say, man with popsicle. 
and, and you wouldn't even be a blank. And you're trying to show your friends that this movie's about you. And they're saying, no, uh, that's about God. Yeah. That's okay. It's something I ate, I think. Yeah. Um, Matthew 15, 6. What does this mean? Does this take the motivation away? Mm-mm. Matthew 15, 6, Jesus says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? To your Father who is in heaven. So go for it in God. Go for it. Get the straight A's, hit the three-pointer, score the touchdown, build the best house you can build, craft the best thing you can craft. Love people the way only you can because he's blessed you. Go for it. Be the best servant you can be. Be the best worker you can be. Be the best student you can be so that when your light is blazing because of your heart condition, people will not give glory to you but give glory to God. Go for it. Achieve it all in him. For him. For him. Because the landmine that we step on all the time, is it's about me. I'm all that. I want people to see me as this. I don't want people to see me as that. And it's all about how they see Jesus. It's all about how they see Jesus. Go for it. What are you like at the three-point moments in your life? What are you like in the touchdown moments of your life? Ryan tried to find a, somebody pointing up in hockey, but he couldn't. He says that's an unreached people group. Um, I don't know. Um, but where are you in the hat trick moments of your life? We're going to ask you a couple of questions, and then we're going we're to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The passage ends, or at the end, Acts 12, 12 24. Herod ended. But the movie went on because it's not about him. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Those who opposed God, those who worked for God, are all swept up in his plan. The word of God, the plan of God, the glory of God increased and multiplied. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Because there is coming a day when we will stand before a holy God and the only appropriate response is to be face down in worship, crying out for mercy. Because when we read scripture and we let scripture read us, we see how beautiful and worthy and powerful and glorious He is. And we see how broken and weak and fragile and frail and sinful we are. And we realize that he has given us his righteousness so that we could be with him in life here and forevermore. And it can't be about me. It's not about me. It's about him. I'm not the bomb. He is. I'm not all that. He is. It's not about me. It's about him.
some questions that I have to ask. Who are you repping with your life? Who do you most want people to think highly of? You or Jesus? In what ways have you stolen Jesus' glory? This one hits me hard. I have to do battle with this all the time because inside of me, there is a prideful man who at times steals God's glory because sometimes I want you to like me up here more than I want you to love Jesus. That's awful. And I have to watch it and and kill it and confess it and do battle with it every day. Every day. And I want to come clean before you. You're not here because you have a good pastor. You're here for help because you and I have a glorious Savior. And nothing, nothing. What's that thing for you? What are the ways you do that? Is it the way you look? you want people to see your attractiveness rather than the beauty of Jesus. Maybe it's your work, your accomplishments, your money. Um, Do they point to you? Do we look at our kids? Do they make us important? The accomplishments of our kids? Or do we point it back to its source? Whose fame are we working to promote? Are we dreaming dreams of people falling in love with him because of the way we live or making a name for ourselves. I thought I'd lived so long. I thought I'd make more of myself. Well, that sounds reasonable. The question we need to ask is, I've lived so long. My calling is to make a name for him. How's that going? How's that going? Some of the last will be first, and many of the first will be last. Humble yourselves, and he will lift you up. Lift yourself up, and he will bring you down. It's not because he doesn't love you, but because he does. In closing, to fix this, um, it's real easy to say, I'm just going to change my mind. I'm going to go home. I'm going to live different. I'm going to make my mind up to glorify God more, myself less. As John said, I must become less that he might become greater, right? I'll just make my mind up to do that, but it's not a mind thing. It reveals who we are in our heart. We glorify most the person we love the most, right? We make a big deal about the person that we love the most, and if we find ourselves making a big deal about ourselves, it's because... Our heart condition is that we love ourselves more than we love Christ. And that's idolatry, and he's leading us away from that. And there's always good news. He never reveals the bad news without, come home. Come home. Come closer so that you can see 
my glory, my beauty, my sacrifice on the cross in your place for your sins to make you holy as I am holy. Living our life as we couldn't live it so we could become like him and be free from having to make a name for ourselves. That's a big burden to be lifted off. It's one he offers to all of us. So what's the answer? Repent, rededicate ourselves to him. I'll be doing it. I can, you know why. It's not about a water shoe. That's just a symptom of what's in my heart. It's not about you leaving here thinking, yeah, he can bring it. No, God can bring it. That's what it's about. One of the greatest ways that we can glorify him is to come to him for the first time and again and say, it's all about you. It's been about me, but I want to follow. I want to be swept up in your glory. And as you pour it back out on me, I want to reflect it back to you. I want to be a follower of you. Or for those who are followers of Jesus Christ to say, I've got it wrong. It's, it's time to come home and get it right, to get set free from all of this. It's most deceptive in those of you who want to serve the Lord in ministry. Most deceptive. Get it right. I'm going to. Not because of my change of mind, because I'm going to Jesus and he can transform my heart, make me love him above all. And the glory, well, that'll take care of itself if I love him best. Let's pray. Lord, may we never boast of anything except the cross of Christ. It is all about you. Lord, thank you that when you warn us in Scripture, it's to lead us into life, into blessing, into hope, into joy, and into yourself, not away from it. We recognize that, Lord, as we recognize the things that you've uncovered in our hearts that love ourselves too much and you not enough. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you, like me, have areas in your life that you struggle with um, to make much of yourself and not point back to him, you want to come to the cross, come to the Lord, press into him for mercy and transformation of our hearts. I just ask you to slip up your hand. If that's you, you're a follower, but you want to follow differently. You want... Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. We need that. We need that. I'll pray for you. If you are in your heart saying, um, I've never really come. I've never really um, given all of myself to accept all of him. I want to. He's speaking in my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus so that I can truly live and live for something beyond myself. Um, I've tried the other way, and I want what he offers. 
Forgiveness, freedom, new life. That's what he calls for. That's what you want. He's pressing on your heart. You want to say yes. Just slip your hand up. I'll pray for you. We'll pray. God bless you back there. God bless you. God bless you. God is moving on you. If you want to pray. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. As we come before you, either for the first time or for so many other times, it's all about you. Lord, we cannot live for ourselves. We don't want to be like Herod. We want glory to have the round trip ticket. It comes from you. It belongs to you. It's going back to you. That's where the life is. That's what we want. It's only possible if you change our hearts. We want to love you better. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for being glorious. Lord, may more glory reach you again this week because of what you're doing in our hearts this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing, uh, first Sunday of every month, we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. His body broken, his blood shed for us. I ask you to take time in prayer to prepare your hearts. But this is our opportunity as we come. If you're a believer, it doesn't matter if you're a member of this church. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist. If you belong to Jesus Christ, this meal is for you. It's a celebration of him. It's a, it's a chance for us individually as families and collectively to say, it's not about me. This is what it's about. It's about him. We're united in that. We're going to encourage each other in that. We're going to walk in that. And he will be glorified in that. He took the most gruesome thing and made it the most glorious. That's what we celebrate. That's what it's about. So um, when you're ready, as we sing, if you'd like, you come up and come up as a couple, serve one another, come up as family, come up as friends. If you need prayer, um, I'll be standing over to the side. Um, we've got some other people who pray with you. Let's celebrate this together. It's about him. Be encouraged. He is great and he is worthy and glorious. Let's praise him, let's celebrate.